0: Morning. Well, that music was amazing. Part of me feels like I wish we could just call Jason back up and do another repeat. <clears throat> um, I do want to say thank you to Jason and just all the other people. Just this whole week of getting ready for this sermon, it's been really interesting. I was telling Pastor Rob this morning, just having the opportunity just to see everybody behind the scenes. So you see Rob and Jason and his team on the on stage, but there's so many people behind that we don't see. The people in the you know, back controlling the sound and everything. I was here yesterday morning. Brad was making signs at 8 o'clock in the morning. There's just, you know, the people in the parking lot, just everybody. So just thank you for those of you, even if you never get to the stage, um, this this wouldn't happen without you. So as as one of your elders, it's just nice to see how that works. I do think the timing of this is a little curious. So we did tell Pastor Rob and the staff that we were doing their evals this week. So... <laughs> He said this is kind of an appreciation for, you know, how tough his job really is. Um, so we'll see that. Um, so it's definitely a, I'm humbled to accept this invitation today. Um, it, you know, it's curious also for an, another reason, because if you, if you missed it last week, um, John Amayo laid down this amazing service sermon. Not only was it amazing, uh, you know, he did some <laughs> planks on stage, so I saw Huey on the way out yesterday, and Huey's like, what are you going to do, get up there and do one-arm push-ups? I'm like, nah, maybe I'll have Schmitty come up and do it. Maybe not. That's five bucks. <clears throat> so who wouldn't want to follow such a fantastic sermon, you know, do that, especially and talk about work in the middle of summer when it's the peak of vacation. So again, I feel like I've been kind of set up for this. Um, so I need prayer. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for being here. I confess I too often limit how you show up in the ways that I am personally comfortable with. God, as Jason said, I just surrender to you. Lord, have your way with our hearts. I pray that I would say precisely no more and no less than what you would have me to say. Jesus name I pray, amen. Seven years ago, I was living in Colorado with my family. Here's a picture. Um, They're in here. I'm not allowed to tell you where they are. They're a little taller than that now, um, as is my wife. And it was a Friday afternoon. It was a long week, you know, the kind of week where you just want to get home, just kind of relax, leave a little early. So I was at home in the backyard having a happy hour with my wife. The kids are on the play set. You know, push me, daddy, push me. It's like, I can only push one of you at a time. You guys know how that works. So I get a call from a friend and I recognize the number, but I haven't talked to him in a while. So he pitches me this job. So we take about 20 minutes and I'm like, oh, salary, title, bonus, budget, all these things. He went through the job. It was, you know, I was like, yes, this is amazing. Get off the phone. My wife's like, what's that about? And I told her, I said, you know, this guy just pitched me this job. So her first question, is it in Hawaii? (laughs) Hmm. I didn't ask. And I'm thinking like, man, if it was in Hawaii, I probably would use it as like a selling point. So I'm like, hang on, let me go look. So I go inside, Google it. (sighs) This is not Hawaii. So I come back out. I'm like, I know where it is, but it's not in Hawaii. She's like, well, where is it? It's Rochester, New York. Now, we lived in Denver 15 years at this point. We've lived in San Diego. We've lived all over the place. So we've lived in some really cool places. Rochester, I promise, as many times as we looked at the map, it was not on our list of places to go. (laughs) But, you know, I was like, well, I don't know. I think God might be in this. We've heard this before. Um so we arrived uh, December 2nd, 20, 2015. All kinds of interviews, all kinds of trips. So we're here now. So as Rob said, we're in the middle of this series, and the series is called Created For. Fundamentally, this series is about identity. We started off with influence. We talked about rest. Part of the reason why rest is so hard for us is because so many of us, myself included, find our identity in our work. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And it seems like it should bring us happiness and contentment. The world says, do your thing, do what's good for you. Find it. You will find peace and joy. Yet anxiety and depression are at skyrocketing levels. People are struggling to find people and joy. If if you doubt this, just Take a plane somewhere. Go to the airport and spend some time at the airport. You'll see humanity in all its fullest. Tell me when you get back if you see everybody that's just happy and content. Probably not. But Jeremiah 6.16, we see, Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls who doesn't want rest for their souls? There is an ancient way. Let's go back to the beginning. So on Thursday, when we walked through this, I think the feedback took longer than the actual sermon did. That might be a thing we talk about, John. Um, And they didn't say the room felt a lot bigger with all these people in the room. But one thing Josh did say, so I'll give this credit to Josh, He said, Matthew, what can you not wake up to wait until the audience, the congregation. So here's the big idea of the sermon. Our best life can only be found in God's plan. I'll say that again. Our best life can only be found in God's plan. If that's the only thing you remember, just remember that. So the scripture we're going to focus on today is Genesis 2.15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Work it and take care of it. So as you look at that, those two words, they can be translated as serve it and keep it, um, keeping God's commandment, keeping obeying His word, serving Him describes worship service. You know, and even in the songs we sing this morning about surrendering it all, giving it all, there's nothing in there about um, setting that up and doing it only in certain times. That, that's who God calls us to be. So think about that, obeying God's command and serving the Lord. So just kind of pause for a minute. So when you think about the word work, what comes to mind? We'll open it up. John did this last week. So what comes to mind? Job. Say that again. Job. Job. What else? Labor, family, busy, stress. Difficult people. How many days until I retire? (laughs) Right? A lot of us we find our identity in our work. So yesterday I went to two kind of social things. One of them, Daniel and Macharias, he's going to Switzerland. What's one of the first questions he asked him? What are you gonna do when you get back? What are you gonna do for work? I went to another social thing last night. We were talking with the neighbors about um, what their kids were doing now. We haven't seen them at home. They've recently kind of graduated. They're both on their own. What are they doing? We're really curious about their work. We wanna know, oh, this one's gonna be a nurse. This one's gonna be this. Okay, again, we get a lot of our identity from our work. I don't really see that in terms of, you know, obeying God's commands and serving the Lord. So we find when we pursue that, that serving ourselves is exhausting. So again, I, I learn better through examples. I promise all of these stories have been vetted with my wife. So if you need to um, pressure test these, you can talk with her. So this was years ago. We were, this is before we were married. I was on travel in an assignment in Ohio. She calls me. It's early in the morning. I'm studying for a test of some kind. And I answer the phone, pretty short, and she's like, she asked me a question. I'm like, no. And you know, very quick conversation. She hangs up uh, abruptly, by the way. And so at this point, I'm awake enough to know, okay, Houston, something's going on. Like, I don't think I ended that conversation. So let me call her back. I call back multiple times. This is like Back when you had to remember the phone and actually punch the numbers in, you just couldn't tell Siri to say, hey, call, you know, whoever. So I finally called her back. She answers. She's like, who was that? I'm like, that's me. She's like, no, it's not. That was business Matthew. I don't like business Matthew. I don't really ever want to talk to him again. (laughs) Now, we were talking about this story on Sunday night as we were walking. And we were kind of debating about like you know when this actually happened it was when we were engaged but not married so she's like you knew what you were getting into i'm like i had no idea what i was getting into so here's the challenge for me business matthew was direct little to no emotion very results driven he was really successful got lots of promotions pay raises titles fancy dinners you name it. In the corporate sense, there's very little that business Matthew had not experienced. If I have to sum it up one way, I'd say perfectionism looks great in his shiny shoes, but he's a jerk and no one invites him to their pool parties. That probably described business Matthew the best. Again, this is 18 years ago, so began this internal tension between me chasing my identity and work and these accolades and awards and all these different things, and yet knowing deep down that I wanted to serve God and obey him, and I just didn't know what that really looked like, especially outside of Sunday service. Fortunately, God brought people into my life that began to just challenge me and help me understand what that would look like. So let's go back to Genesis 2.15. This time, notice what it doesn't say. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Notice this isn't situational. There's no start times. He doesn't say when you hit 65, you're done working. Arguably, your influence should increase as you get older. Students, you're not off the hook either. Whether you're in elementary school, whatever, you know, God tells us this is how you're supposed to be wherever you are. So none of us are off the hook. So what might it look like to take care of things at work? Again, if look at just the passage in Genesis that we looked at. Even if we just look at the Bible in terms of what's, what's God's major story, it's coming after people. Rescuing people, redeeming people. Just look at Jesus. It's the best example that we have of obeying God and serving him. Exactly what we're called to do in Genesis. So let's look to the New Testament. Maybe dig a little deeper in terms of um, what's there. So here we have Colossians 3, 12 through 13. The Apostle Paul has some encouragement for us. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, I know some of you are reading that and you're like, gosh, those, are, those didn't sound anything like business Matthew. You'd say, yeah, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> so the challenge is how do we bring how do you bring all of you wherever you go again God calls us to bring that just like we read in Colossians I'll go back to another example so this is at work it's a typical weekday I was just doing some email this woman named Suzanne stopped by knocks on the door hey do you have a minute? sure Okay, just want to talk to you. So she comes in and talked to her and just just for some context in this setting, um, I was management and Suzanne was a union employee. And so for those of us who haven't been in that environment, it's a very hierarchical system, they typically have to have a lot of permission. So I had hired her recently into the role. And for the most part, she was acting like a salaried position, like a management position. Now, this wouldn't be a big deal for most of us, but she'd spent almost 30 years as the union employee. So she wasn't allowed to talk to management unless she went to the, her you know, steward first. There's was a very formal process. So you could tell when she sat down, she was a little nervous talking to me because you know I really hadn't had that much direct contact with her. So she starts telling me, hey, Matthew, I need to miss work. I need to go get some appointments. I'm not really used to this because I can just kind of come and go. Previously I had to get this scheduled. I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm like, this is fine. I'm just listening. And so as I'm listening, I get this unmistakable sense that I'm supposed to pray for her. So then I'm going through this internal dialogue of like, this is not for work. This is like business. Matthew does not do this. And I'm having this like internal argument of like, should I do this or not? And it was really clear. I'm like, oh man, this is just what my mentor talked about, right? (laughs) Todd, if you're watching, that's you. So Suzanne, we get to a natural point. Suzanne, I have something I want to ask you. Feel free to say no. I promise I won't think anything about it. Part of me is really hoping that she would say no by the way nobody ever has <clears throat> hey do you mind if i pray for you sure here yeah right here i didn't know any better so i kind of close the door start praying for her as i start to pray for her i just get this unmistakable image of her heart and it just feels like it's compromised So I start praying for her heart. She starts crying. I start crying. I don't even know why. We get done. She's like, it's a good cry though. It's not like weird or awkward. And so, like, Suzanne, what's going on? And she's like, Matthew, the condition that I have is CHF. It's chronic heart failure. It's where the heart, (coughs) you have a sack around your heart and it can sometimes fill with fluid and it compromises the ability of the heart to compress. So it just doesn't work as effectively. And it's kind of this vicious cycle because as it doesn't pump as hard, it makes it worse. So as I was, you know, prayed, she went back to work. I wasn't gonna tell that story. I was gonna tell another story again. Credit to my wife for talking through the sermon. She's like, why don't you tell the Suzanne story? This one's boring, you know. Tell the Suzanne story. I'm like, I haven't talked to Suzanne in, I don't know, like 10 years. So I'm like, all right, I'll call her. So I look on my phone. This is like three jobs. I don't think I've seen Suzanne or talked to her for at least 10 years. Somehow I had her phone number in my phone. So old school, like as my kids would say, 1900s. The number that I had for her was a pager. Who still carries a pager? One guy. How much is that a month, by the way? <laughs> so I call her. I check in with her. How you doing? How are the kids? Oh, they're this tall. They're doing great. Okay, so, you know. so she remembers me. Okay, I, I really didn't know. How's your health? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm like... Barely taking any meds. I'm doing all this exercise. I've lost all this weight. She's doing great. Suzanne, do you remember when I prayed for you? She got really quiet. She's crying. I'm like, Suzanne. What did that mean to you? Matthew, it meant that you just weren't listening. She said, you cared for me and you showed me compassion. I don't know whether Suzanne needed that prayer more or me. I don't know whether she needed that on Monday or me, but that was Monday that we had that conversation. It wrecks me when I think about it. And when I think about it in terms of how many times do I set part of myself aside when I go into a work setting, whether it's with somebody else or with me, and I don't bring all of who I am to that setting and just miss out on what God has for me. There's just so much more that God has for us. You know, if we think about work, especially for most of us, um, that's where we spend most of our waking time. And so if we, if we set that aside, we just miss so much of God using those opportunities to shape us, to work through us, and just those things. And I had really separated those two worlds in my mind. But slowly I began to learn to sort of merge those two together. So let's go back to Genesis 2.15 one last time. <clears throat> The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So the focus here, as I look at this again, is not on the what, but really on the how. So think about process, not results. God says, hey, you're supposed to obey me. You're supposed to serve me. You're supposed to do this for me. He doesn't talk about, hey, here's the results that I want you to get. We see in Colossians 2.10, in Christ you've been brought to fullness. Said another way, you're complete in Christ. Now how many of us walk around saying, I'm complete in Christ? What does that even mean? Most of us have this, these questions, am I pretty enough? Do I have what it takes? Am I good enough? If I do this, then I'll get this promotion, then I'll be okay. You know, whatever it is, we have this sort of, when this happens, then I'll be okay. And when we take that approach to life, it's just this never-ending treadmill, right? It doesn't, you make six figures, then you're like, oh, I need a little more. They surveyed people who make between seventy-five and $250,000 a year. Guess what? 80% of the people said if they just made $10,000 more, they'd be happy. It just doesn't work. But that's so much easier said than done. So the challenge for us as we look at this is to bring our strength, not our question. Because we tend to bring our questions to these situations, even for this sermon. What's Pastor Rob going to think? What are you guys going to think? Are you guys going to laugh? Are you guys gonna, you know, what's that going to look like? <clears throat> so one last story December 11th, 2019 typical Wednesday morning went into work was prepping for my first meeting of the day which happened to be with my boss just kind of writing down my punch list of here's the things we needed to talk about I go in and um, about five minutes before the we're supposed to meet I get a phone call Hey, Matthew, we're going to change the venue. You need to come down to HR. Okay, told me the room. I'm like, okay. Now, as I'm walking down, I'm thinking, that's kind of strange because my boss's office is like 10 feet from mine. I mean, I shared a wall with him. So I go downstairs. As I'm going downstairs, I'm thinking, okay, like, usually this happens when some, one of my employees does something. They don't do something. They say something. It's some incident. Okay, what's this going to be now? I already, already had my incident for the week. And so I go in and I open the door. It's very clear uh, between the look between my boss and the HR person, this is not for somebody else, this is for me. So I sit down, maybe there's a little hope, maybe. Okay, so what's going on? Well, Matthew, a decision has been made to separate you from the organization. He starts walking through the process. Here's what you can do. Here's this HR person. This is going to be very business. President business for the kids who do Lego movie, right? That's what it was like. What? Does the CEO know? I just talked to him yesterday. We just talked about something that they wanted me, the only person, to do. My last three reviews. High-performing. We just had a meeting three years ago. I just go in defensive mode. It just I'm trying to understand. It just doesn't compute. The worst thing, at least in that moment, was I couldn't even go get my stuff. I just sit there, sort of in the shame, while my admin brought my stuff down. And I walk out. I'm escorted out by security. The closest I've ever felt to... I don't know, like a prisoner I mean, it was awful. I felt totally shamed and a failure. Uh, I didn't even have my phone. They took my phone, because they gave it to me. I couldn't even call my wife on the way home. So I go home, surprised to hear the garage open. Everything okay? Yeah, let's sit down. So I walk through try as best as I could to recall what happened, talk about the options. Hey, you know, let's talk to a lawyer. Let's see what the options are. You know, we walk through this. Again, this was the job I talked about at the beginning. We moved our family across country. We sold our house there. I remember my wife crying in the fireplace as we sold our house because we had no idea where we were going to move to, what that was going to look like, school. I mean, just the unknown. And we said when we came out here, we were like, if this job doesn't go well, Rochester's small enough to where I don't know that we could stay there and do what I do. So we thought we were going to have to move. Now this was two weeks before Christmas, so we were like, all right, well, let's pause. We're not going to say anything to kids because we need to sort of understand this first. We don't want to get them riled up. So we get done with our conversation. And then I go downstairs into my office and I read my journal from that morning. So this is probably, I wrote this about 6.30 in the morning that same day, December 11th, 2019. God so loved the world he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I don't yet embrace and live from this place of being loved. I say this because business Matthew still, still shows up far too often, particularly under times of duress. I crucify him today. The protecting, scheming, manipulating business Matthew who's not living authentically is crucified. Jesus came to set me free. The me as the authentic, caring, positive person who is exuberant for life. Father, may you help me live more freely today. Free because I know and trust you are El Shaddai. You are more than sufficient. I don't know that I would have written that if I knew how that would be answered a few hours later. Uh, certainly not how the day I thought was going to go Dallas Willard says the most important thing about a man is not what he does but who he's becoming the challenge for you and me is to ask God who are we becoming If you're willing and able, join me in prayer. Please stand as I pray for us. Father, we surrender our identity to you. we look to you and your word for what you have for us and what you say about us. We are your sons, your daughters, we are complete in Christ. Lord, help us to see where you're moving, hear where you're moving and have the courage to follow you. And I pray that you would just show each of us in our own specific and unique way just how and where we can become more of who you already created us to be. All this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.